0: All right. Welcome to uh, lesson number four, the gospel and justification of our membership and communicants class here at New Covenant Community Church. Uh, each of you has a handout, right? You, uh, you guys got both of them? Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with just a little bit of discussion here. There's only four of you, so you're going to have to, you know, I mean, you guys are some of our participators anyway, so shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard for you. Uh, let me ask you a question why do you think um, why do you think God will let you into heaven why do you think that hey you made it okay handouts are right here and let me just mark this here all right Isabel is here okay so why do you think God will let you into heaven what do you think Kyla Good answer. Good answer. However, that did sound like a lot of things. Like if I do this, I'll get into heaven. That did sound a little like us, like us doing a lot. What do you think, Emily? because he loves us so that's getting on what that's getting more toward what, what God does for sure All right you want to uh, add he cares for us okay. he chose us he chose us and because he chose us what happens to us here on the earth as we're going about in our sin and misery uh, we follow are saved how are we saved? You know, when I was in there, it didn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, you guys have, have some answers, and I'd say that um, there's kind of, like, partial, like, part of the answer is in, in those answers, but not the full answer, And 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 that's, the answer to that question is, that's what... Our lesson is about today, right? Is um, we we'll be able to an- answer the question. Wow, uh, why do you think God will let you into heaven? Another other ways that to kind of ask this question is is uh, well, what is the gospel? What if I asked you that question? What is the gospel? What would you say? Any any thoughts? What do you think? That Jesus um, died for us, all of our sins on the cross. Right, and so that makes us holy, and that's why we'll get into heaven, right? Um, and then another related question is, well, what do I need to know in order to be saved? Does anyone have an answer to that question yet? What do you think? We certainly need to know that, right? Good. So you guys have a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of true things that we need basically to to um, fill out your answers, right, with some more specifics about what is the gospel, and um, what do we need to know in order to be saved, and and so we have two goals for our lesson today. Uh, we want to understand what the gospel is. So if someone says, "What is the gospel?" that we can can give a reply for that, uh, because as Christians, if someone says, "Well, why are you a Christian? What does that mean?" Like we 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 might not feel adequate to answer that question, but we should have a basic answer, right? And if we're going to stand up and say, Jesus is my my Savior uh, and make profession of faith, well, we kind of need to know, well, Savior from what? And how are we saved? Like we need to, to fill that out a little bit. Uh, so we want to understand better, understand the gospel, and we want to learn about justification. Have you guys heard that word before, justification? Okay. Uh, does anyone know what justification is? Well, we're going to talk about that today, too. So, good. All right. So, this won't all be, you know, like, oh, I already know this kind of stuff, things today. Oh, good. All right. So, I do, um, normally, it, it doesn't matter if you look at your, your handout, but you probably are going to want to look at it quite a bit this time um, as we go, and I'll, I'll try to make sure I Explain to you guys where we are on it. Uh, first, were what is the gospel? Well, just the word gospel means what means that just means good news. And one way that a lot of Christians uh, have summarized uh, what the gospel is is by using something called the Romans Road. We know that Romans is a book of the New Testament written by Paul. And so, what uh, Christians have done is using just the book of Romans, they've gone through and and found a few. Uh, central verses that really explain simply what the gospel is and so they call it the Romans road. Uh, so I would um, ultimately it'd be great if you memorized the Romans road what the verses are and, and the verses. like you would really benefit from that. but I at least for sure want you to know that the Romans road you can see there is Romans 3:23, Romans 6:23, Romans 5:8. Romans ten nine, like you should at least be able. If if even if you don't have those memorized, you should be able to get a Bible. Um, and so if you can't do this yet, you know this is something for you to work on, right? But to to get a Bible, be able to to find Romans, right? Even with, I mean, you can look at the table of contents, but even to start to to be able to find it without the table of contents. And then uh, if someone said, well, what's the gospel? And you're like, well, that's a really hard question. I'm not sure, but you know what? I know what the Romans wrote is. And if I start taking them down the Romans road, like the answers will start, because I know what they are, I just can't think of them, you'll start to be able to think of the answers as you go, okay? Um, So the Romans road 323 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All right, so in Romans 323 is not God is holy, but we know God is holy, we can remember that, and righteous and perfect. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all are sinners. Well, that means that uh, no one uh, on their own is, is good. That we're born in sin. We're sinners because we're born in Adam. And we're sinners because we choose to be. Uh, do you know any human being other than Jesus uh, that is, is perfect and righteous and holy and has never sinned? No, we do not. right? What about a little baby? This cute little baby they're Just so cute right Do cute little babies do they sin? Who do babies think about only themselves and their own needs right? I mean you want to go a little easy on them because they're young, but is that selfish right They don't really care that mom's been up all night right and is about to collapse or whatever right They want what they want now and do 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 children? Uh, did you guys need to be taught how to be obedient? Or did you need to be taught how to be disobedient? Yeah, (laughs) right? Because the other one already came naturally, right? (laughs) All right, so all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Well, because we're sinners, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. All right, so because all have sinned in Adam, and because we've all sinned and broken God's law, well, what's the result of our sin? In Adam and our own sinning. What's the result? Death. We die. Right? And we have to pay for those sins. Um, But then we really quickly get to the the gospel pretty quick in Romans 6.23. It does say for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, we've all sinned. And because we've all sinned, we all deserve death. But do we all die? And, and die, I mean, we all die. But I'm thinking, do we all basically judge, get judged for our sins and go to hell? That kind of death. No. Ro- that leads us to Romans 5.8. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. So God is holy. We are sinners that deserve, and the the punishment for our sin is, is death, and we judge for our sins. But... Romans 5:8. God showed his love for us that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why do you think Paul added um, while we were still sinners there? Why wouldn't we just say, you know, and it's not necessarily wrong to say this, but how does it change it? Like, what if Paul had just said, well, God shows his love for us because Jesus died for us? Is that theologically accurate? Yes, right? So, how does it change it? that Paul says something a little different, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How does that change it by adding that little phrase there? What do you think? Yeah, it's not like he died for us because we were good people. Like, oh, they're working pretty hard, they just can't get forgiveness of their sins, they're pretty good, I think I'll... I think I'll die for them, right? No, it's, it's while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of the cross, um, while we still hated Jesus, Okay, because before the foundation of the world, we were chosen to be in him, and he promised to accomplish our salvation, and he loves us. That's why he did it. He didn't do it because of us and being good or trying really hard. He did it because he said he would, because he promised to love us. So even while we were still awful, right, Christ died for us. Okay, so God is holy. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, so not because we deserved it or anything or because he thought we'd be good, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, so that's the basics of the gospel, right? God is holy. We're sinners and deserve judgment and wrath, but while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us, our sins being paid for, okay? Now, let's say someone says, wow, that's really good news, right? And you've said that's really good news because Christ is your Savior and that's who you're trusting in. Okay. In order to make that sound, that's a really, that's really great news. How do I make that news mine? Like how do I how do how do I get that salvation? Is it just automatically given to all sinners? No. How how is the work of Christ applied to us? How do we get this benefit? If you're chosen? Yes, that will happen. Okay, but there's a little more here. Right? And it is God's work, right? And we'll talk about what the Spirit does first. But this part, from our perspective, is there something that we do that we do to make this ours? I'll give you a hint. Romans, this is the last one in the Romans Road. Romans 10, 9 and 13. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So what do we have to do? Confess sins to the Lord. Confess our sins. Can we call out his name? Believe the gospel. Right? That Christ died for our sins and raised from the dead. Believe that. So we confess our sins. We believe the gospel. We ask the Lord to save us. Because we can't save ourselves. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be Saved, right? Okay. So that's the Romans Road. And basically, what we're going to do is kind of teach this lesson three times. Okay. We're, we've we've already talked about it a lot. We're going to talk about it again, because we, we really need to get this. And I'm gonna going, to, going to expand a little bit on it, and then make it a little make it as simple as possible, even at the end, so we can kind of remember it easier. Okay. So here are the facts of the gospel. Here's what we need to know. Uh, God is love, but he's also holy and just, right? We talked about this before, haven't we? That, that God wouldn't be just, he wouldn't be fair if he didn't punish sin. So God is love, but he's also holy and just. And because God is holy, he must punish sin. And we've talked about this. There's two ways that we're sinners. And I keep saying these over and over again because they're important for us to remember. What are the two, and this is uh, Roman numeral two, letter C, two. What are the two ways that we are sinners? By blank and by blank. Oh, that was a tie right there. Uh, she can do it all the who's old What? She can do one in one. Okay. By? Birth. And by? Choice. Thank you. That's, that's, those are good words for you to remember. So we are sinners by birth because Adam is our father. Adam sinned. His sin spread to all. Right? And by choice because we also choose to sin. Are we all agreed on that, that we choose to sin? Okay, yeah, so what is sin? Our catechism helps us here. So now I'm going toward your handout that has the catechism and Bible verses on it, okay? I'm looking at that, if you could read along. Westminster Shorter Catechism, question and answer number 14 says, What is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Uh, what does "want" mean? Usually, it means we want something, right? Is that is that what it means here? Here, it means uh, lack. Okay. So, if you want, you could write "lack" next to that. Okay. Because this was written in, you know, sixteen forty eight ish. So sometimes the words mean a little different, have different meanings. So sin is any lack of conformity. What's conf- What What does it mean if you conform to something? Yeah, you like match up to it. You line up with it. You obey it, right? So sin is in any way that we don't line up with or don't obey the law of God. That's what sin is. Now I know, you guys, that sounds familiar to you guys, right? But to the world, this is a very, like they don't understand. So another way we might say this is, well, how do you know what sin is? It's, it's anything that doesn't look like or that breaks God's law. That's what sin is. Okay. And so then we sin the way we think, because sometimes we don't think like God, right? Uh, we sin in the way we feel sometimes, and we sin in the things that we do and the things that we don't do. There's a lot. We, there's a lot of sin. First uh, John three four says, "Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So sin is lawlessness. I just said that sin is breaking any part of God's law." Does that sound like it comes out of the Bible? Sin is lawlessness? Sounds sounds like it, right? Just showing you that our confessions and catechisms summarize what's in the Bible. Yeah. Is lawlessness like the opposite of flawless? Ooh. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. Because if we weren't, if we never sinned, we would be flawless. Oh, I like that. I like I'm gonna write that down. You get a little opposite there of flawlessness and flawlessness. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna preach that sometime. It's okay if I don't give you credit from the pulpit, or you want credit? I want credit. Flaw. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to let me write that down, Olivia. Fla- flawlessness and lawlessness Yeah, there's something there, right? That's a good one. I like that play on words there. I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna steal that and tell all my friends. Okay. So Now we, I think we know what sin is. I think we have a pretty good idea. It's any way that we don't line up with God's law, that we break God's law, right? Um, We're sinners by birth and by choice, okay? Now, because of sin, um, a letter 2B should say, does sin make us spiritually, that should say sick or dead, not sin or dead, okay? Does sin make us spiritually sick or dead, Spiritually speaking, does it just mean like we're sick, and so, like we kind of really want to do the right thing, but because we're basically good, but it's hard for us to do that, or because of sin, are we spiritually dead? Well, well, Ephesians two one says, "And you were dead in your trespasses and sins." So, does the Bible say we're spiritually sick and we just need a little help to be good, or does it say that we're dead? We're dead. We're dead, right? Okay? Now, if, and I know this is a little morbid, okay, but these are the illustrations the Bible uses. If there was a, and we'll say we don't know who it is, so it's not sad, okay, as sad, right? Let's say there's a dead person on the ground over here, right? They're dead. They're not sleeping. They're not sick. They're dead, right? Well, What can you say to them to get them to, you know, their heart to start beating, for them to breathe, and for them to get up? What can you say to them? If they're already dead, right, they can't be revived by CPR or whatever, what can you do to them to bring them back to life? Is there anything that you can do to bring the dead Life okay, Uh, we're we're thinking outside the box. That's good. What do you think, Emily? Okay, so we, after somebody's dead, we just at that point like we trust the Lord to do what's right. But what you're getting at is um, only God can bring the dead back to life, right? So if we're spiritually dead in our sins. What has to happen to us, to our, to our, 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 spiritually speaking, what has to happen to us before we can understand the gospel, believe the gospel, and repent and trust in Christ? Because we're spiritually dead. We can't do any of those things. So what would have to happen to us first so we could do that? What do you think? Like revived or awakened? We'd have to be born again. We'd have to have a spiritual Resurrection, right? And then, as we are born again, as we are raised spiritually, then we understand the gospel and believe it and confess our sins. So it's not that we confess our sins and so then God causes us to be born again, right? He does the the work first. He causes us to be born again so that we can go, Oh man, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Lord Jesus, forgive me and help me. That has to happen first. Because, and if we were just spiritually sick, we just kind of be nursed to help and convinced and whatnot, right? But since we're dead, we have to be born again. John 3 3 says, um, and Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, unless the Holy Spirit, and we call also being born again, we also call this regeneration. Have you heard that word probably before? Yeah. But it's the same, same thing, okay? So unless someone is born again or regenerated or the Holy Spirit takes that dead spiritual heart and gives them a new heart, right? They won't understand the gospel and the kingdom of God and they won't seek Jesus. So they must be born again. And then after you're born again, you see God is holy, you see your need for salvation, you understand the gospel, then what, do you, then what do you, can you do? And you will do. What will you do then? Yeah, you see, you're in danger. You see, you need forgiveness. So then you go to where you get it, right? You go to Christ. So you must understand the gospel, repent of your sins, and believe in Christ. So let me ask you this: Let's say, uh, can someone that's not born again can they can they understand the concept of the gospel that sin that God is holy? Punishes sin and that that we need someone else to pay for our sins. Can they just understand that idea? Just the idea. They could understand the idea. Like they could say, okay, I get what you're saying, right? Right? Could someone that isn't born again believe that Jesus really lived and died and was raised? That that just happened in history? They could, right? So they, they could understand the gospel. They could believe that it's true, but apart from being born again, can they believe that's what they need for the forgiveness of sins and repent and trust in Christ? No, they can't do that part, right? And so that's why there's understanding the gospel, which is what we're concentrating on this, this morning, is to make sure we understand the gospel. And then obviously we, we're here, so we believe it's true and trust in Christ, but 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 we're, we're we're focusing on on the facts here. So what is true repentance? Before we read the catechism question here, does anyone want to give a a thought on? If someone says, "What's repentance?" What you might say? What do you think, Olivia? I'm Isabel. Isabel? Um, Sorry. You're confessing your sins to God. Yes, that is the first half of repentance, right? I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm confessing my sins to God. What's the second half of repentance? Yeah. Try not to do that again. Yeah, you want to walk away, right? You want to go a different direction. You don't wanna you don't wanna do that anymore. So it's a confessing your sin and striving by God's grace not to do that anymore. So if someone just if they're just confessing their sins, that's all they're doing, and they're just like, I'm gonna go commit more and I can confess more later. Is that true repentance? No, because there's two parts to repentance, right? There's the acknowledging and confessing your sin and hating it and seeking to walk away from it, right? So, um, Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 87, says, What is repentance unto life? Repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner, out of a true sense of his sin, an apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ, does with grief and hatred of his sin, turn from it unto God, with full purpose of, and endeavor after new obedience. They used to write sentences differently. So let's dissect that just a little bit. Okay. Repentance unto life is a saving grace. Okay. If someone has not been born again, can they truly repent? No. Okay. So it's a saving grace. It's something God, God gives you this grace, right? So And when he gives you this grace, so it says, whereby a sinner out of a true sense of his sin, so that means I see it and I go, oh no, I'm a sinner. I deserve judgment an apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ. Ah, but there's forgiveness of sins in Jesus. And you know what? I hate my sin. I don't want to do it anymore. Right? That's what this question is saying. Once we explain it, then you can kind of look in there and see those those parts because it's not worded like we would... Would word it. Uh, 1 John 1 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think we've got that. And then what does it mean to to trust in Jesus, to believe and rest in him? Uh, We've got uh, what is faith in Jesus Christ? This is question 86. It's on your handout here. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace. So again, this is not something we do. It's something God gives us, whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he's offered to us in the gospel. and Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, uh, this is a picture of what this looks like. Jesus says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Saving faith means that you have been born again and you believe this is true. That Jesus is the only way of salvation. And the only way you're going to be forgiven for your sins is if you trust in His work for you. And if you trust in His work for you, then you know your sins are forgiven. And now that you know your sins are forgiven, you can rest and have peace. Because you know that God is no longer angry with you. Because you had sins that needed paying for, but Jesus paid for those for you. So he's not angry with you anymore. That's the peace and rest. That's what true faith looks like. Uh, I want to spend basically most of the rest of our time on justification. I will summarize summarize what is the gospel one more time at the end, just to make sure, uh, because sometimes when we talk about a lot of things, it's hard to, like, remember what we talked about early on. So justification is one of the most important beliefs. What's a synonym for belief that I use a lot that starts with a D? Belief, teaching, or doctrine. doctrine. Those are all synonyms, right? Yeah, so... Belief, teaching, doctrine. It's all the same. Those are synonyms. So uh, justification. We'll start with, well, I think we'll finish with the catechism definition. And here's what it is. I want you to look on page two, Roman numeral three, where it says, what is justification? Did you guys find this? Okay. There are two aspects of justification, two parts to it, and both are really important. In justification, Christ takes away our sin and pays for it, okay? So he takes away our sin and pays for it. He takes something from us. So we're clean and righteous. But then he also gives us something. And what he gives us is his righteousness and holiness, so he takes away all our sin and it's paid for. We're no longer sinners. But he also gives us all his righteousness and holiness. So he takes away our sin and gives us his righteousness and holiness. That's what's happening in the transaction of justification. Christ takes your sin upon himself. And then the righteousness as he obeyed God's law perfectly and was declared righteous. He takes that righteousness and he gives it to you. Okay? So then instead of when God looks at you. In Christ, he doesn't see someone that needs their sins paid for anymore. Jesus already paid for them. And Jesus gave you his righteousness. So when God looks at you, he sees someone that is just as righteous and holy as Christ. Think about that for a moment. Takes away your sins, gives you his righteousness. So when God sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That you're holy and spotless and perfect. Now in this life in our character are we holy spotless and perfect yet? No, we're being made, but we're being made that, right? That's our sanctification. We're being made that. But standing wise there's only two categories of people in the whole world. There are people that still need to pay for all their own sin and God sees them as sinners. And there are people where Christ has already paid for their sin, and he sees them as righteous. So when God looks at us standing-wise, he either sees someone that's a sinner, or he sees a saint. What does a saint mean? It means holy one. That's what it means. So he sees a sinner, a lawbreaker, or he sees a holy one. Everyone's talking about standing. Now we're still being made holy, and that work will finish in glory. Right? Yeah. So like if you look at like Simon and me, does he think that we're holy? He sees you as holy. You can be in his presence. Right? We are Sunday morning for certain. Right? Now this is kind of, this is a, this is like a status, right? It's our, our, In our character and whatnot, we've been changed, but we're still being made holy. That's sanctification. Oh but as far, But as far as when God looks at us, are we under judgment or are we friends with God? That's another way to say it. People are either God's enemy or they're his friend. Well, only people that are, are holy and righteous can be God's friend, right? Well, we're wearing the righteousness and holiness of Christ. That's why we can be God's friend. Okay? So Christ, our, as our substitute, he paid the penalty for all our sins. 1 John 2.2 2, says he is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. Propitiation means wrath. You know what wrath is, right? Punishment for sin. Wrath, satisfying sacrifice. Okay? So Jesus is the sacrifice that satisfied all of God's wrath for us. Okay? Christ is also our righteousness. Romans, that's on the back. Romans 5.19 For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners... So by the one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Showing us that we inherited Adam's sin by birth. But through the work of Christ, as we're born again and trust in him, we inherit Christ's righteousness. That's what we get. It's ours. And we can never lose it. Now you might say, what if someone later down the road you know, decides they don't want to be a Christian anymore and they're excommunicated and whatnot. Well, what we would say is, well, we don't know. God knows their heart, right? Like they're either going to repent and come back or perhaps they were never belong to God in the first place. But we won't. We won't know that. Okay? We won't. We can't. Can you see that? Can you look in this room and see who's justified and who isn't? Could we look at the fruit of someone's life? Can we hear their profession of faith? And see how they try to obey God and love Him. And say, okay, we think that they're, they're showing the fruits of repentance. And they're probably, yeah. So we can be relatively certain at times. But can we know? No, God knows. Right? All right. So, uh, for those of you that uh, are starting to read some more advanced theological stuff. Uh, justification. Uh, we speak of it as uh, the passive obedience of Christ and the active obedience of Christ being applied to us. Christ passes passive obedience, all that means is he, he pays for and takes away our sin. His active obedience, he actively obeyed the law for us so we get his righteousness. So those are the two benefits of justification. Our sins, and the word we use is imputed. Okay? We can think of the, credited to Christ's record, account. Our sins are imputed to Christ, and his righteousness is imputed to us. So again, he takes our sin and pays for it, and gives us the righteousness he earned. That's what justification is. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, let's see if you can hear that in here, okay? Hear that Christ took away our sins, paid for them, and gave us his righteousness. Do you hear this? For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin... So that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Can you hear that Jesus took our sin and was made to be sin? So that we might be the righteousness of God? Can, so you can hear justification in that verse. Okay, And then here's how the Shorter Catechism summarizes it. Again, see if you can hear it. Justification is an act of God's free grace. It's again something God does, it's a gift. Wherein He pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us, and received by faith alone. Do you hear it? Takes away our sins, pays for them, gives us his righteousness. That is one of the most beautiful and comforting truths of the whole Christian faith. Right, Because it's something that, that we understand that, and then that we actually believe that, and that that's ours. That should be evidence to us that the Spirit of God has worked in us and caused us to be born again. We not only get it, but we believe it's true. And that's our comfort and hope. Uh, Any questions on justification? Okay, So I gave you guys catechisms and stuff. I'll go over the homework in a minute, but there's going to be some really helpful little descriptions in your your catechisms on that. Um, it's, we talked about how to remember what the gospel is or what we need to That's another way to remember it, is to remember justification. Because if we remember that Christ took away our sins and paid for them and gives us his righteousness, that can kind of help us like at least get the basics of the gospel, right? If someone asked us what it was and you just totally draw a blank and can't remember any verses in Romans, okay, well, I remember there's something called justification. Well, it means that Christ took away all my sins and paid for them and gave me his righteousness so I could be with God. That's the gospel, right there, right? That's it. That's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we do want to be able to explain if someone says, "Oh, we're out of time." So look at this summary. Here's what I'd like you to, to know. You see these bold words here at the end. You see them? Okay. If you remember these, and you and you remember the things we talked about, should help you explain what is the gospel. Okay. God is holy. I'm a sinner. I can't pay for my own sin, so I need Jesus. Someone else has to pay for my sins. That's Jesus. And he did. As he was crucified, died, buried, and rose from the dead. So now in response to that message, repent and believe. Confess your sins. Trust in Christ alone. So if you can remember, God is holy. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Repent and believe. If you can remember that, start to, to give a little fuller answers to why do I think God would let me into heaven? what is the gospel? Right. now if you want to listen to this lesson again uh, it's on it's going to be on our sermon audio site and you can look through here if you if you feel like you need to um, but this lesson lesson four here if you're going to be uh, joining the church or becoming a communicant member, if someone asks you, what is the gospel? How do I know I'm saved from my sins? You, In some way, on a level you understand, you would need to be able to, to you know, say something along the lines of what we talked about today. right? And if you can't say those things yet, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean Jesus is not your Savior. But it might just mean, it might just mean that you, you know, still need to, a little more time. Is what that might mean. Okay. So uh, homework. Older folk, well, those that are taking it for membership, I'm asking them to have read through Westminster Shorter Catechism question 60. Uh, for the rest of you guys looking to become communicant members, I would like you to memorize the Romans road, at least the um, references. So you could go Romans 323, 623, 58, 10, 9, and 13. Like You should at least be able to do that, but it'll really benefit you if you memorize the verses, but at least you should be able to find it and show someone where it is, and then I'd like you to be, keep reading your first catechisms. Uh, read questions this week, uh, 28 through 63, and it's not very long, even though that's a lot of questions. Just read a few a day. I mean, how, how, many, how many is that? That's 37. There's six days, so if you read like six questions a day, you'll have it done, okay? All right, any final thoughts or questions?